Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. Like Photo Mechanic is all about kind of combining steps and doing things very quickly to make your workflow as seamless as possible so that you can spend more time either doing your post-processing or getting back out in the, the field shooting or Spending time with your family, getting your weekends back. I've heard that quote a couple times. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. One of the things in business that's really important and it's directly attached to your profitability and the money that you're taking home is how much time you're spending on stuff. And I think in the beginning, there's a little bit of a grace period where you're trying things out and figuring out what your workflow is going to be. But as you get busier, particularly if you're doing high volume things like weddings, the seconds actually add up. And today, my interview with uh, Mick Orlowski from Photo Mechanic is an excellent, excellent conversation to hear if you're looking for uh, a way to tighten up your workflow. But first, I wanted to chat with Audrey a little bit about um, why it matters that the minutes add up and, and why trying to have an efficient workflow is important. But before we dive in, here are a few words from the folks that support the show. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid, so it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. Hi, Audrey. Hey. As we record this, we are in the middle of October, which for any Northern Hemisphere photographer that does lifestyle stuff is like 
for whatever reason, the most bananas time of the year. It's lots of weddings, lots of senior portraits, lots of families wanting holiday photos, lots, lots of people. I don't know if they're motivated to finish out the last quarter in business strongly. So they want headshots. I don't know why it's so bonkers, but it is, I think I make half my annual income or at least half my annual photo income in like September through November. Yeah. It's like almost two and a half months. Yep. Yeah. So. Same. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It is great. It's great, but it's, I couldn't sustain it. That's for sure. I, my life goal is to convince Minnesotans how wonderful spring photos are. <laughs> I'm still getting inquiries yeah. like today. I'm like, <laughs> I've been booked. I've been booked since August for this month. But anyways, yeah. grateful to be busy. Truly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but I can. I can do both things. I can be grateful and complain. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, yes, that's why it's really important to track your minutes and not waste minutes on things, right? Well, and let's, we'll just talk a little bit about that before I play the the rest of the interview. But I just, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on that exact thing is like, how important is it if you're doing this to know roughly how long it takes you from email and contract to shoot, to post-production, to delivery, all that kind of stuff. How important is it to know that for business to be profitable, I guess would be, or just how important in general is it to, to know that, especially when things get bonkers busy? I think it is extremely important. It's just the same as, you know, budgeting money. Um, you're budgeting your minutes. And if you, if you are unsure of how long it takes you to do things, you can't, you know, schedule and plan properly and show up in your business properly. You also won't be able to charge what you should charge that you're making a profit, which is something I see so often when I'm helping like newer photographers kind of figure out pricing and stuff is, you know, they, you think like, okay, I'm going to charge $200 for an hour session. Making $200 an hour is amazing. And I'm like, okay, but wait a minute. (laughs) let's break this $200 down. And like you break it down and it ends up that they're making like $3 and 50 cents an hour. And I'm like, this is what you're actually going to end up making. So let's, let's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, so if you're not, yeah, if you're not aware of how long it takes you to do things, you can't figure out proper pricing. You run the risk of overbooking yourself and being a hot burned out mess in the middle of October. Yeah. <laughs> or time. What can't be measured can't be managed. That's like one of those businessy quotes that I've mentioned before, but it's also relevant to this. Like if you don't know, you just don't know. There's no way to to know if you're being profitable or know if you're making $3 or $300 an hour if you don't know. And so I recommend, strongly recommend figuring out, and this can be an average over, let's say, 10 shoots or five shoots just so you have a number, but how long does it take you from point A to point B, essentially inquiry to delivery would be like the kind of span I'm talking about. And there's tools you'll hear today all about photo mechanic, one of my favorite things, but there's so many tools in addition to just having your numbers straight that can help you shave off seconds and minutes in your workflow. Because I mean, when you're taking three or 4,000 photos at a wedding and you have to go through and call those, it matters if it takes 
three seconds to load versus a fraction of a second. That's one area where it matters. It matters if it takes, if your internet's super slow and it takes you six hours to upload a gallery versus six minutes, you know, like there's all these different things that add up. And so it could, you could have one family session that was 30 minutes in the park that you make $10 an hour on, and you could have the same family session that you make $150 an hour on because you've shaved off a bunch of time in your workflow, just depending on, you know, I think it's easy to get kind of lost in like edits and making it perfect and all that kind of stuff. And, and it adds up. Yep, totally. And it can be hard. I mean, I know I struggle with, I call it like popcorning. I just, you know, struggle and I do like a bunch of random things all the time rather than sitting down and focusing on one. So like keeping track of my time can be tough. So another way that is helpful is to like set a timer and be like, okay, for 30 minutes, I'm going to work on this and then only do that. And then I jot down the 30 minutes. Um, you know, I keep track of like, okay, this job is taking me this long. So then I can kind of at the end, tally it all up and see. For sure. Yeah. If you're new to new to an offer, like you're just starting to offer mini sessions or you're just starting to do weddings, like it's super worth it to just keep track of your time for a while and just figure it out. That's going to, you know, one of the biggest questions we get, I'm thinking is in the area of pricing. And so like, this is going to factor right into that when you're figuring out your cost of doing business, the time, all of that is part of that equation. So yeah. um, make sure you just, you have a general idea and then you can do the math on that and go, oh, okay. Even without my business expenses, my cost of living, I'm only making like 50 bucks an hour when I break this all down on this wedding. Do I, do I, can I make more? Do I want to make more? Do I, is that okay? You know, really figuring it out. So the seconds and minutes, yeah, they matter. Then you also feel more confident with what you're charging. Yes. Because that's something a lot of people struggle with, like charge, like imposter syndrome and charging too much. Don't think they're worth it. But it's when you break it down and you see it's like you're worth more than <laughs> three or 10 minimum wage. Like you're worth more than that. So for sure, it helps kind of take away that anxiety of like, oh, I'm overcharging. It's like, no, you know, for sure that you're. Yeah, it's kind of required to figure out your minutes in order to get your price. Totally. Right. When I switched over to photo mechanic, and I think I talk about this in the interview you're you're about to hear, but like I timed myself editing, I'm sorry, calling a shoot in photo mechanic and then the way I was doing it before. And it, it shaved off hours actually because I did a wedding and I just wanted to see. So it's, it's worth it to just kind of know like, or even with driving, like, are you driving super, super far to all your sh- sessions? Like that adds up, you know? Versus like suggesting places that are close. Most families, if you're doing lifestyle stuff, like the, you can get great portraits in almost any location, you know, as long as it's like a nice place. So just keeping all those things in mind, the areas in your business where you're not measuring things that should be measured in order to accurately kind of price things out and make sure you're, you're doing good. Cool. Well, let's get into this interview. Mick, how's it going? Nice to have you here. Going very, very well. Thank you. Happy, happy to be here. Yeah. And wh- where are you uh, at right now? I'm just outside of Portland, Oregon. Uh, most of Camera Bits is in and around uh, the Portland area. 
uh, both in uh, Portland, um, Beaverton, and Hillsboro, um, but all, all part of the Portland metro area. Cool. I like Portland. I'm in Minneapolis, and I always, you know, Portland, Denver, Austin, Minneapolis, they all have that nice kind of feel to them, I think, because they're not so, so big. But I haven't been out there in a while. They definitely have a kinship and vibes. Yeah, for sure. Well, so we got connected because I'm a massive fan of Photo Mechanic, which is part of the Camera Bits family. And I, that was kind of my main focus. So that's probably what we'll... I'm sure anyone listening that's listened at all before has heard me mention <laughs> mention it. Um, but I'm excited to chat with you about it. But I'm curious, first of all, like kind of how how you got involved in this sort of software and this company and, and what your role is. And then we can jump into some of the photo stuff a little bit. Sure. So, um, you know, my name is Mick Orlowski. I'm the director of marketing for camera bits and we make photo mechanic. Uh, I've been sort of a digital media, I don't know, mercenary for a long time for many different companies, both large and small, um, in my career working for, uh, doing product management, doing editorial, doing a lot of, uh, digital marketing, things like that. And along the way, I also became a photographer. I became a freelance photographer, an event photographer in Southern California. I would do uh, music festivals down there. I spent a lot of time in uh, in rock clubs uh, shooting things. And when I moved back up to Oregon, I eventually caught on with Camera Bits just as a technical writer. They needed some help doing some technical writing. But I had such a broad skill set and experience that allowed me to start doing more and more and taking more things on and eventually just, uh, you know, with the connections I've made here, uh, very, very lucky to be part of this family. But it seemed like it was a great fit for me to move into this uh, director of marketing position. That's cool. I mean, I think it's really interesting with photography, how many different directions things can go. I mean, I certainly didn't think when I picked up a camera that I'd be doing this, but I love it. And it's a lot of fun. So that's really cool. I'm curious about your your music stuff. Did you fall into that? Like just had friends that were musicians? Or was it something that you were really seriously after for a while? Or what's maybe talk a little bit about that because we're I always try to kind of highlight people's journeys because I think there is I, I know that there isn't just one way to do this and I think folks are interested in that so actually that's uh, that was also kind of an accident like so many of these uh, stories are I was doing I was product manager at Yahoo Music and Yahoo Music at the time uh, was kind of a big deal in that we were doing regular studio performances like big name bands would come into our studio and record live oh, cool. sets for Yahoo Music cool. And at one point, they needed a still photographer just to do behind-the-scenes stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'll give that a try. So it, it turned out that suddenly uh, a lot of my lunch hours were spent in the studio there taking photographs of the, the artists as they came in and performed for us. And I just – I loved it so much, and I thought it was getting uh, some really good stuff. And then eventually one of our writers also said, you know, I also need a photographer to, to come with me to some of these music festivals. And I was super happy to do that. And uh, that's how it all got started. I was super happy to do that. Totally. Because it's so much fun. I did a my fair share of music photography in my earlier part of my career. And I loved it, too. It was fun energy to be around. And when people are like, do you want to go on tour? You're like, yeah, <laughs> of course right. I do. No, that's really cool. It's cool, too, that like you... They they had folks coming into that studio just to was it you said to record or just to do some special cuts for for Yahoo Music itself or no it was it was they had um, Yahoo Music Live it was a, a a studio that they would do videos for just yeah whatever whatever song they were promoting at the time they would come in and do a live version of it for us and we would make a video and it would just be content oh, cool. for the service um, and then a couple times it got very fancy like um, you know one time we had Modest Mouse come in and we actually used a 
kind of a famous music studio in Los Angeles. And we went there on location at that studio and did this whole live performance. It was a really big nice. production. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Uh, are you still shooting then? Not as much as I used to. You know, as I moved back to Oregon, the opportunities for a lot of those big things uh, certainly went down. I was definitely shooting a lot of shows locally. Um, I got to know a lot of the local bands here and got turned on to the Portland music scene and did a lot of work with um, some of these local artists that I really, really enjoyed and respected. Uh, then obviously the pandemic hit, which for a lot of people changed the calculus for uh, a lot of those events. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say I haven't really gotten back to it since the, uh, since the great recovery that we're going through, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it will happen soon. Yeah. Cool. The great recovery. Definitely. Speaking of like, so how's the vibe in Portland? Minneapolis is kind of coming back to its stasis, but uh, what's it like out there? That's a great question. Um, I've I've noticed two scenes, both the music scene and the bicycling scene are kind of coming back with a vengeance. I feel like people realized that they were taking things for granted and now are, you know, doing things that are crazier, more creative, more out there, more bigger, just more exciting. Just going for it. But the photography and the art scene, I think, is a little slower to, to do this. I think there's a, still a lot of artists and photographers who are still hesitant to go out or very worried about the health consequences, which obviously they have, they should be, you know, that's, it's, um, it's interesting, but it's interesting, the different, the different segments and how they're reacting to this. I think it's, it's strange to me that the art scene, both on the photography side and the other, and the, you know, the rest of the visual art scene seems to be a little slower lagging behind that, but yeah, that's just my perspective. Someone else in the art team might say, no, you're crazy. It's, it's better than it's ever been, but. Yeah. Well, I know they do like a uh, best cities to bike in or most bikeable or whatever the label is for it. And Portland and Minneapolis tend to to swap that title. Uh, I think Portland probably wins it more often, but sometimes we do and we're like, yay. So for a long time, we had a, a summer festival that was month one month long, like a, a, just a celebration of cycling in the city called Pedal Palooza. Cool. Uh, but this year, as I said, People are coming back and making things bigger. We made it three months. We made it all summer long. And it was basically crazy group rides almost every night of the week. You know, my favorites were the uh, the ABBA ride, uh, went on the flume ride. Nice. Um, I just, I went on the, the fish ride celebrating that band. There's, you know, so many different themed rides every night and just, you know, dozens, whether some rides, some rides would have like a dozen people, some rides would have 400 people. And oh, that's just cool. go out and uh, ride around the city. And it, it was it was quite a special summer in terms of that. Is there like someone like blasting the tunes while you're riding? Or how does that work? Or is it just you're together because you like usually a lot of people blasting tunes? Okay. <laughs> some of the some of the uh, bigger rides will have more coordinated um, Bluetooth speakers on trailers that are actually linked up. But most of the time, there's there's someone near you with a Bluetooth speaker speaker cranked with something some some music. That's really fun. Yeah, Minneapolis is like such a bike-friendly city, and it's always fun to see people come out. And especially, I think when you live in a place where you have the seasons a bit, especially here, it's like people can't wait to get out, and they really do, as you said, like appreciate it more and recognize. I don't think it's taken for granted quite as much as maybe LA or somewhere that's warmer. But I would one hundred percent agree with that. Having lived in in, in Los Angeles for a number of years, and I think it's definitely the, the vibe here is people take what they like and that they, they latch into it and they seize onto it and uh, really, really go for it. And I really appreciate that. That's one of the reasons why I came back here. 
That's cool. Well, I have seized on to photo mechanic for most of my career, which is bringing us back to uh, to that. But was this just like you used the products and found the company that way? Or, or what was your journey to get to where you are now? Another strange coincidence. I was, uh, you know, when I moved back to, to Portland, I was trying to trying to find a gig that would suit me. I was doing some just graphic design work that was uh, fun, but not great. And actually, a, a friend of mine in San Diego was on the beach with a friend of his who was on vacation from Oregon. And she said, oh, we're trying to hire this person up back up in Oregon for this company to do technical writing. And I had never heard of Cambridge, honestly, at the time. And I wish I had, because I think of all the hours and hours that I um, spent in you know, in, in traffic after gigs, doing, you know, calling my photos on my laptop on the passenger seat of the car, just, you know, late night staying up till 5 a.m. trying to hit a deadline because, of, you know, from the night before. If I had had photo mechanic, it would have made all that stuff so much easier. I wish I had known, but now I do. Yeah, it's, I mean, if there's one thing that I say over and over, it saves you so much time. When I first when I was first testing it out, I was really deep into doing weddings full time. I don't do weddings anymore, but I just tested, I was like, okay, I'm going to just test this. I'm going to call a, a full wedding in Lightroom and then I'm going to do it again in Photo Mechanic. And I think I shaved off like two and a half hours. It was like something insane where I was like, oh my God, why, why is that so much faster? And I, you know, you, fractions of seconds, seconds add up. And I think we don't really realize it, especially, especially high volume photographers, which a lot of the folks that I work with do, but it's interesting that that's the first thing that you mentioned. Like, I save so much time. <laughs> well, you basically just delivered my elevator pitch when people ask me what photo mechanic is good for. That was, uh, you hit on all the key points there. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So I I can talk about it because I talk about it a lot. But like, if you wanted to deliver that again, even though I just said it, like, I'm curious what your sort of um, thoughts are about it and what, what you would tell listeners, you know, why they should explore it. Sure. So photo mechanic, first of all, is it's kind of a Swiss army knife. It has so many different tools. It's been around for over 20 years now. I didn't know that. Wow, that's wild. I mean, I guess I've been using it probably 10. So I know time is time is kind of accelerating, it seems. <laughs> <I know. laughs> anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Go for it. No, but um, one of the biggest uses of photo mechanic is directly after a shoot, whether that's a wedding, whether that's a concert, whether that's a, a sports match. Um, and you pop the, your card out of the camera and pop it, you know, into your card reader. What do you do at that point? You use Photo Mechanic to copy those images to your computer, go through them, rate them, you know, view them all very, very quickly. View raw files, um, flip between raw files instantaneously. Basically, you don't have to wait because Photo Mechanic doesn't do uh, pixel editing or you know what they, we call post processing or. or, or Photo Mechanic doesn't do that. It specializes in just kind of managing the files themselves. It doesn't have to render the raw file and get it ready. It doesn't have to prepare it for color corrections or compositing or, you know, curves adjustments or things like that. So it can, it relies on, you know, previewing the image very, very quickly, you know, assigning star ratings or color classes or keywords or things like that. And it has so many little tricks about how to automate things and, and combine steps. Like I, I, even just today, or not today, this uh, this month, I learned a trick where I could use Photo Mechanic. Whenever I pop a card into my card reader now, and it comes into my computer, it tags the season 
uh, summer, spring, winter, fall into the into the keywords automatically. And I, I, it took me like 10 minutes to set that up. Oh, that's cool. I had to do a custom you know, code replacement file. But once I have it done, now that happens with every card and I never even have to check that there's nothing I have to do. So that's neat. Like photo mechanic is all about kind of combining steps and doing things very quickly to make your workflow as seamless as possible so that you can spend more time either doing your post-processing or getting back out in the, the field shooting or spending time with your family, getting your weekends back. I've heard that quote a couple of times. People say yeah. that photo mechanic gave them their weekends back because they used to spend oh, yeah. so much time calling and a photo mechanic can help you do that faster. Well, you nailed it. And one of the things that I personally was really drawn to when I first started using it is it allowed me, people think I'm crazy when I say this, but it allowed me to call my images really quickly right as they were getting ingested into the computer. So I'll just come home from a shoot or a wedding. Wedding, I would like pour myself a glass of wine and sit there. But it was like I could just go boom, 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 and kind of I'd be ahead of the ingesting almost because I was going so fast and I was able to just have a nice, pretty called down folder to like, I would go through it again, you know, down a few days down the road, but just to get all the crappy ones out of the way, it was so fast. And what is it? The XMP rendering? Like you get those little, you get the little XMP file in the folder when you're ingesting. And is that, that's just like the, the kind of like the visual of the image without all the data. And so it's not having to like as, is that kind of the the basics? No, no. Well, actually, the XMP file is what's called a sidecar, and that holds all the like the ratings or the the metadata for the file. Oh, right, like the right, right. Okay. So if you apply a, like a credit, like that gets stored That's in the it. XMP. That's because the reason they do that is because every time you write things like a keyword or a five star rating or a color class. Every time you write into a file, it, it kind of it's like that file. You know, there's a tiny, tiny risk of like the file getting corrupted. So if they put it in a sidecar file, it just makes sure that the raw file is like safe and secure as soon as possible. That makes sense. But here's the thing. Most digital cameras, pretty much all digital cameras now, you know, you take a, you set it to shoot raw, you take a picture, and then you look at your LCD screen and you see a picture of the image. Well, your camera is not rendering the raw file at that point. The camera has placed a JPEG inside the raw file that said, if you need to look at this file and not do anything with it, use this JPEG, even though it's just a raw file. Even if you're not shooting raw plus JPEG, there's still a JPEG inside the raw file. And Photo Mechanic is able to use that to show it very, very quickly. That's what I'm trying to talk about, but you're way better at it. <laughs> no, but that's 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 sort of what I try to explain to folks in terms of, I mean, the speed is wild. I mean, you can just hit the arrow key in a large gallery and it just blasts through them. It, it's it's incredible how fast you can go through stuff. And I'd be curious just because you're so familiar with it, you know, again, the audience is a lot of like, like high volume shooters, most likely that have to get stuff down a, to a small collection. But what is like one way that someone could use photo mechanic to categorize or like, let's say they're ingesting a wedding, they get home and like they have like 3000, 4000 images to look through. Like what is, what is one or two things that, that photo mechanic can help with or, or one sort of workflow that you like or that people tend to do? So you hear me talk about the greenhouse applications are now open. I wanted to share feedback from the last person that just finished 
the eight-week program, she says, this program completely transformed my mindset and renewed my passion for my business. Natalie helps you narrow your focus and identify tangible steps to work toward your business goals. I would recommend The Greenhouse to anyone looking to grow, both as an individual and as a business owner. That's just one person. There are so many others that have gone through various iterations of this program. It is refined and always getting better. And it is for you if you really need the help getting your business going. Most of us buy programs and then just kind of let them sit there. We do like two modules. This has all the built-in accountability that I needed when I was going through coaching programs. And so I made sure to put it in the one that I'm offering. So there is eight weeks of help. Every week you'll get one-on-one time with me. Every week you'll get time with the group. You'll get 24-hour email support for all of the questions you have. So you're not just sitting there like, what do I do? There's so much built into this program that you don't get with your average course that you just purchased. So take the time to apply. Applications are open. Invest in yourself. Invest in your business. I promise you won't regret it. Photobusinesshelp.com forward slash apply. That's photobusinesshelp.com forward slash apply to apply to the greenhouse today and get your business on track so you have more money less overwhelm and burnout and more time to just live your life and enjoy it. That's photobusinesshelp.com forward slash apply. See, for weddings, I think it's very helpful to call in reverse um, if you have the time to wait for the full ingest. That's that's one thing. I I noticed when I started doing that with concerts, if I could take, you know, wait for the ingest to done and then call in reverse, it saved me because I will, you know, when I'm going through images, the reason I took a second image is because I saw something else that wasn't in the first image. So as I'm calling and I'm reliving that experience, I'm like, okay, that's kind of good. I'll give that a two stars and then I'll move to the next image. Like, oh no, that's the better one. Yeah, yeah. And then I have to give that three stars, maybe go back. So if you call in reverse, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get to what you trusted yourself to see in camera, you'll get that experience a little bit better, I think. It's, it's just in my experience, and I've heard that from a few other people. Yeah, I've heard that before, too. And I, I've actually – I do that with my mini sessions because I, I like – that happened because you're blast shooting. You're shooting really fast, and generally that's exactly what happens is like the, the one that you wanted is not the first one. But great advice, yeah. Also, the concept, if you are needing speed and just going from the top, as you said, when you pop the card in, you just want to start calling – like I'll do one call just to get rid of obvious rejects. Like, and you can have photo mechanics set up, and I do this as well, where it's if you apply a star rating with a single key, just the number keys, you can set it. So if you just hit the number two, it applies two stars and then automatically it moves to the next one. And I have my so I have my thumb on the, the arrow keys and my fingers on the my number pad. And I go through and I just if there's an obvious reject, one star. And I just go through the whole thing, basically getting rid of the stuff that's gonna slow me down later on. And I might like keep with one eye, like, oh, that one's a really good one. I might give that, um, you know, a four star if I'm absolutely sure it's a keeper. But I'll just do like one in three stars for my first pass. Like one is reject, three is keeper. And then I'll go back for a second pass and then start kind of, so now I'm only going through the three stars. And then I can really focus on the aesthetics and every every other aspect of the image that I want to do. And um, Sure. Did you say that the uh, the one star... Is there a setting that it will remove remove it from the collection, or does one star just is that built in that it'll automatically remove it? I haven't I haven't used this function, so I'm very curious. Well, okay, so there's in Photo Mechanic on the context sheet in the upper right hand corner there are filters with for both stars and colors, and you if you deselect a star or a color, it will hide that from your view in the context sheet. 
Got it. And there's even a little trick that a lot of people don't know. If you're on a Mac and you hold down the option key, and for example, just option click the three stars, it hides all the others. So it will only show you the three stars with just that one click. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know about that. I definitely like do the different selecting and mm-hmm. things, but yeah, that's cool. That's great. Like I'll, I will hide all the one stars. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, for the few times that I did shoot uh, or when I shoot at shot events where I like, I need specific photos of this person, whether that be, you know, an uncle at the wedding or something. And I realized I didn't have any of them in the three stars. I will go back to the one stars and say, is there something I can salvage here? Because I need a photo of this person. So sure, I will just bring sure. the Then I'll just go through the one stars for that reason. But I, like, I don't get rid of anything at all in my calling until basically I'm moving into uh, what used to be Lightroom, but now I just do all my post-processing in Photoshop. So. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing that I like is, you know, the, the ingesting and just organizing by folders, whatever your workflow is, it's so easy when I have what I want in photo mechanic to just bring it into my post-production, you know, it's there, it's nice and clean. I do, my clients do a lot of proofing. So for me to put together a proofing gallery, it really just means getting rid of the crappy stuff, like the out of focus, like whatever it is. And to be able to just then have that nice, neat folder. But like you said, to be able to go back and kind of recheck stuff um, based on the tag is is really nice. But again, quickly, you know, people will say, well, you can do that in Lightroom. You can, but the, just that fraction of a second stuff adds up so much. This, is, this probably isn't the same for everyone, but I know for myself, the the calling, not only is it faster, but because it's faster, I can stay in a mindset that takes me out of the process and into the creativity of the actual photo shoots. Oh yeah. Like every time, not only do I have to, not only waiting two seconds for a file to load or render or whatever, that takes me out of like the mindset of where I'm, you know, what I'm looking at, what I'm, you know, seeing the imagery on the screen. And it's like, okay, now I have to wait and my attention might linger. It might be drawn away to something over there in the corner. It might, you know, some, something, my phone or something. But if I don't have to wait, it keeps me in a mindset, a much more creative mindset which I think a lot of people discount. They're like, yes, speed, speed is good, but I have time to waste. Well, even if you have time to waste, I think you don't have, not everyone has like the, the, the cycles or the, the, the attention span to stay in the zone, as it were. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. I, I'm like reflecting on it as you're saying it, but that's so true. When, I, when I'm in there, like I'm just focused because there's no waiting. There's no, I mean, two seconds can distract you enough to just like, we're so easily distracted and two seconds is actually quite a long time where like you get off task and you're not really, you're not really in it. But I think there is a rhythm that you can kind of like, I like to put on like, you know, music while I'm doing it. And usually something like with the housey beat or something. And I just, you're right. It's just like a, a focus, but it's a creative focus. Cause you're just in this like very particular mode, which I think is great. Yeah. That's a great point. I love it. Rhythm is a great, great, uh, great term as well. I think that's, that's very true. I like that. Makes yeah. Me. A lot of people have go-to like calling music, which I think I find that amazing. I do too as well. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah. I, I like that. I, yeah. We should do like the, a playlist or something or some kind of just like, just share your go-to yeah. um, editing songs or something. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. I've put, yeah, I've put together, yeah, some playlists before for like past students, but that'd be a good one, a calling one. We should have everyone <laughs> contribute to something on Spotify. I don't know. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you think is worthwhile for someone who's considering photo mechanic that just doesn't even know, like, like, well, but Lightroom's fine. Like, is there anything else that you tend to bring up to folks that um, are new to it? I mean, there's a million things, but (laughs) the next thing I would definitely say is don't sleep on the metadata. Like, 
at the very basic sense, um, like when I ingest my files from the card, if I just ingested, if I just copied them, they would be, the file would be like DSC1234. But when I use photo mechanic, and I don't even have to do this. Once I have it set up, I don't even have to do this. I say ingest, it renames the files as they're coming in. It has the date string. I have my name in the file name. So when I'm sending them off to clients, like they have the name there. It has all my metadata, like my contact information, my copyright information, like what my credit string should be. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. all tagged into the files as soon as they come into the into the into my computer. Yeah. And it's not even something I have to like click every time I do it to like to remember to do it. Once you have it set up in photo mechanic, it's already done. And I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. So yep. you know, having that all done with not even having to think about it is a big thing. But then making sure that you have, you know, keywords and good caption information, you know, depending on what field, what you're shooting for, you know, if you're shooting, you know, just personal projects, that's not necessarily um, a priority, but your future self, if you need to go back and find something, will will be very happy with you. If you, if you get good at keywording, yeah. and photo mechanic has a lot of different t- tools to help make that easier. Cause you know, keywording is never super easy and we're, you know, a lot of people are trying to find different ways to do it. You know, there's uh, now people trying to do, you know, image recognition for things like that. And that, that may, that might help as well. But the, the keywording process, if you, if you just spend some time with that, you know, your future self will thank you. Yeah. I mean, and again, I think your future self just thanks you a lot for using photo mechanic because it's like you have more time, you, you're more organized. It's, it's really great. So I've been using photo mechanic and then I realized, oh yeah, camera bits, this is like a whole other thing. But is, are there any other tools that are in this family that you would recommend that go really well with uh, photo mechanic that I obviously am not aware of? So photo mechanic is our one main product. That's the only thing we make. We do make a version of photo mechanic called photo mechanic plus, which is, it's just like photo mechanic. It's the same program as photo mechanic, but there is a special tab that will create catalogs and a database of all the images on all your drives. Oh, cool. And when I said earlier that I had switched <laughs> from Lightroom to do all, doing all my processing in Photoshop, that's the reason why. I love processing in Lightroom. I love it. I love it. I love it. But now that I've discovered camera raw filter in Photoshop and creating smart objects where I could embed the raw file in the smart object, as much as I love Lightroom, I just don't need it. And the the performance of the catalog, while it was great to have and it, it saved, you know, it was something that I relied on for so many years. It's just I don't need it now. While I, I certainly, I still love it. If I open up Lightroom and I need to edit something, it's like it's so good. Everything's laid out when I want to do um, the panel. I actually, I'm one of the few people that actually likes the newer Lightroom CC version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's in there laid out. Editing is great, but the way they store all the images and move them around and, and creates their like database that I have to update every two to every two updates of Lightroom. I just left that behind and I do all my, my post-processing in Photoshop now. Cool. That's great. Well, it's nice to know how easily all of this stuff is integrated. I mean, Adobe products are, are awesome. And, and this is just like the first step that I am so glad that I added to my workflow all those years ago, because it just works so well with everything. So I think that covers all of the photo mechanic stuff, but I always like to ask people at the end of interviews. Um, and let's go back to kind of like the photography side of things. If if you were just starting out or there's a lot of folks that listen to this that are just starting out or really want to get into photography. Do you have any, do you have any advice or anything that you would tell people about just going forward or, or building their business that, that might help or that's helped you in the past? 
Well, I could, there's a lot of practical advice, but everyone has really good practical advice. I'm kind of more of a dreamer. And I will, I will share one quote that my mentor said to me many, many years ago. And this isn't going to make sense immediately to a lot of people, but I want to share it anyways. And he told me, he said, the more you do this and you get in, you get comfortable with your camera and you get comfortable with your space and you spend time in the space where you're taking pictures, there's going to come a time where when that perfect moment hits, you're not even going to need a camera. And I was like, I don't even know what he means by that. And sometimes though, when I've been shooting and I'm in the zone, I'm in a concert, you know, up at the front and there's, you know, people bouncing into me. I kind of understand what he means because you're there for the experience of what you're doing rather than like you're in the moment so much that the camera is just something that you have and you're doing, but being in the moment is more important. And that comes through in the photography. That's really cool. Yeah. I think it get like I said, it, not a lot of people are going to get this for the first time. And um, so, no, I kind of made a weird face that no one can see. I was like, huh? right. <laughs> you know, like, but I, I completely understand. And I think, I think that can be applied to art in general. I think when you're able to have that presence and that, just enjoyment and connection to the moment that that that's really when like the art really kind of flows. So I think, I think that makes sense. And yeah. once you get comfortable with your gear, your tools, whatever they happen to be, your paintbrush, your, your stencils, your camera, once you have that connection, then that, that can, it allows that stuff to move to the side and let your connection to the, the situation. Yeah. Come. So I would say anyone starting out in photography, just keep that in mind. Like don't, don't get too hung up on gear. Don't get too up on, up on process on, on workflow. And am I doing this the right way? Everyone does it differently. Everyone. If you get any two photographers together in a room, the only thing they can really agree on is that someone else is doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny when you were talking about your your recent switch to just Photoshop. And I was like, I had this little light bulb where I was like, I should start doing a segment of the show where I just ask people what their workflow is. <laughs> because people, I mean, students are always so curious about that. And of course, I'm curious about it because my workflow is so different from everyone else's. And I just, we just kind of do our thing and, and it works. But everybody, you're right. There are no two workflows that are the same at all. And because people's end goals are different, but also their mental models for things are different. Like some people mm -hmm. see additively versus subtractively. Like some people want to start with the one set and then call away things or some people mm -hmm. want to start with a blank canvas and only add in good thing. It's just, you know, mental models. And that's a beautiful thing. That's why like the, yeah. the diversity and variety of humanity is so beautiful is because we have all these different mental models and pictures of the world. Why photography is so rewarding because all these different points of view come through, but just keep that in mind. Like that doesn't mean that whatever you are doing for your process is wrong or could be better. Like do you do you and you know, whatever, works for you, works for you. And that's one of the, I mean, not to take it back to photo mechanic, but like there's four different ways to add a star rating to a to a, any picture. Like you can either use the keyboard, you can use the keyboard shortcut, you can use, you know, the drop down menu, you can click on the thing. Mm -hmm. Photo mechanic is very, it's very important to the developers of photo mechanic to allow people to do things their own way. Yeah. And I get a lot of, get a lot of questions like, what's the one way to do this thing? What's the best way? And I'm like, there is no one best way. There's the one that's the best way for you. And there's the one that's the best way for me. And sometimes they might overlap and sometimes they might not. That's probably some of my favorite advice anyone's ever given at the end of an interview, because as someone who coaches and teaches and talks to folks all the time that are starting, there's this like hunger for like the exact answer and this reticence to just try shit. And like, I'm always just like, 
just try it. Like your thing is going to be different than my thing. And I can give you some guidance about like what's worked for me, but there is, I think folks need, that point needs to be reiterated over and over and over. It's just like, try it, try something. And in your way is not necessarily the wrong way. And it's not the wrong way. There's no right way if it works for you. So Ah, thanks for that. That was great. Well, Mick, I I don't want to leave people without like there'll be links obviously in the in the notes, but best place to go to get photo mechanic is just the website, is that right? It's camerabits.com. If you want a free 30-day trial, you can try it for 30 days. You don't even have to put in a credit card. You just put in your email address and we email you a link and um you don't even get added to any like marketing database. We send you reminders about the download, but it's it's not a spam list or anything. Cool. That's great. And uh, yeah, you can try it for 30 days and you get free technical support too. So if if you want to, if you try it and you aren't even sure what you're doing, give us a call. We have human beings in the office here in Oregon answering phones, uh, giving advice for how to set it up and, and things like that. So, you know, we're a very small company. We have, you know, 14 employees. So awesome. But we're, we're happy. One A big thing for us is to have these connections with our customers. So if you want to try it yeah. and, and ask us advice on how to set it up, we're happy to do that. That's so cool. And do you have any photo accounts or any Instagrammy things that you want to share? You know, I got out of Instagram for a long time, um, personally, but I'm I'm thinking about getting back into it as the as the biking scene gets back. I'm thinking about a, like a, a cycling photography project oh, cool. that I want to get into. That'd be cool, but I don't have it ready yet, so I can't I have nothing to share about that. No, that's okay. Well, you can send over any links you want at any time, and we'll pop them in the show notes. But thank you so much for doing this. It was. Awesome to finally connect with you. It was really exciting to chat about my favorite software. Well, thank you. Um, you, I, I like your spirit. I like uh, like where you're coming <laughs> from. I, I, I see some uh, some great spark there. So I'm I'm happy oh, to be uh, happy to be near that. Thank you. Oh, thanks, thanks so much. Hopefully, you're feeling inspired to grow your photo business. If you still feel like you've been trying everything and you're a little stuck and you'd like a little more community, a little more one-on-one help, remember to head over to photobizhelp.com forward slash apply. Applications are open now for the greenhouse. And I know that this investment of your time and your money will help you get to where you want to go. So that's photobizhelp.com forward slash the greenhouse. I look forward to seeing you there. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 Hats to get 50% off your first year. 